people of Earth, we have a confession to make. We wanted to save this as kind of a surprise, but we're invading. <laughs> yeah, instead of instead of my skin turning green, it turns red. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just just disclaimer everybody, as before we get into the show, if you watch this episode on our YouTube channel on Digital Chicuterie, um, I've been outside for an event all day. And just the camera, just for some reason, it's not, it's translating redder than it, my face is translating redder than it should be. I'm not that burnt, but I'm that burnt, okay? That that pink woman that uh, Star-Lord sleeps with at the beginning of Guardians <laughs> 1, you're her species right now. Marit, I think is her name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're you're quick as a whip, buddy. You're quick as a whip. That's okay, sir. Even pink, you're still a handsome gent. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, just just for the record, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, you can actually favorite. say it's promo for the Barbie movie, and you know, try to get some residuals off of that. Mm-hmm. That's commitment, you know. The, right. You know. Because without us, that movie wouldn't be making money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we live in a hilarious world. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, all right. So that being said, disclaimers are out, my friend. The Barbie movie's doing well. Yes. But today we're talking about some secret invasion, am I right? We sure are. And the show's called Infinity Rewatch because I think I forgot to say that off the top. And we're talking about Secret Invasion's finale episode. I'm a scroll pretending to be Andrew Fantasia. And I'm a red skull. Ooh. Ooh. Not a scratch, Doctor. Not a scratch. Not a scratch. <laughs> Evidently not. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> my name is Ryan J. Whitehead. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just before we get started, I do miss our little intro that that young lady used to do for us. I really do. Oh, Aaron's intro. Yeah, we should get her to record like a shiny new one, a phase five yeah. intro for us. Yeah, yeah, I do like a video intro would be would be great. With lasers and explosions. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would like that. Anyway, this is an interesting episode, I'm not going to lie. And first of all, I think it was Jonathan. I saw his post on Twitter. Jonathan, I saw your post on Twitter. I'm going to quickly call it out. Because you left it on there last time, and you said some things. Uh, da, 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 da. What did he say? He said, "Right," and this is about the last episode. Okay, this was this uh, was about previous last week's right episode five. Okay. Uh, at at Andrew Fantasia, mm-hmm. Rebel Scum Cast, and Crusader Online, not in that order. He said, "Love the episode." However, I disagree about the show. I love it. I think it's the best Marvel Disney Plus show we got. More adult. I think the world needs a little bit more of that. Uh, Jonathan, I'm going to have to disagree with you. <laughs> oh, no. Marit's brother is dropping the mic. Uh, I mean, hey, man, I, I, I'm glad you found a style and tone of Marvel that you like. And, and I agree that... I don't think adults the proper word. I think there's a bit more trust in the audience it's going to. I think that there's, I think there's, it's kind of like Young Justice where it's like it knows the audience it's pulling in so it can have a little more fun with the 
the level of intensity and knowing that the audience can handle it and just kind of, you know, play around with that. Do I think it's Marvel's like best Disney plus show? No, I don't. I think this one, not going to lie, this one's good, but I do think it's a little forgettable. I, I think there's some good moments. I think it has, again, I, this is another good example of, it had some great moments. It was a really cool idea, but overall, I don't think all these, all these things mixing together created a, a product that's like, you know, defines it, it. It lives up to the standard that I, that I hold Marvel in. And that's, and again, you're entitled to your opinion as much as I'm entitled to mine. I'm just saying, I think you're wrong. Wow. Harsh words from infinity rewatcher. <laughs> no, I get it. Man. I, 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 I totally feel you. Uh, and I, and I totally feel Jonathan as well here. Uh, this is a very mature show that uh, takes it to darker, quieter levels that the MCU has not quite strayed into. Um, and, you know, th it is a cinematic universe with a lot of different playgrounds to play in. Mm -hmm. Right? And I mean, I could take a hypothetical 12-year-old son or daughter of mine to Thor Love and Thunder, and they'd have a great time. But I could take that same hypothetical kid to watch Secret Invasion, and they'd be like, I don't really dig this what's happening uh and it's just the the difference of genre and the difference of tone and the difference of writing and the the type of story that's being told and and all these mixed things that are part of this cocktail of the show and it you know not to jump ahead too far into my final thoughts but i think that yeah i think that every episode of secret invasion has had at least one sprinkle moment where I'm like, ooh, that's a lovely moment. I really like that. Um, but those sprinkles have kind of been, instead of being sprinkled atop like a donut or a scoop of ice cream, which in, in the case of this very strange metaphor is other other Marvel shows and how and movies and how they've been doing it, it feels like these sprinkles were added on top of mashed potatoes uh, and not like amazing mashed potatoes, but you know, the kind you buy that are like quick store-bought ones that don't really have a lot of flavor. And you're like, why did I eat that? I mean, the sprinkles were good, but why did I eat those mashed potatoes? Um, it, it's, I'm not saying I hate the show. I'm not saying I think it was a bad show. I am saying now I'm out on the other side of the show. I've seen it all. And I still don't know why they made it, why they told this story or who this story is for, but it yeah. had a lot of good moments that I enjoyed. Yeah, no, I, I think hundred percent. I, I think that exactly kind of sums it up nicely. I, it, did, do I feel like the story needed to be told? I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer it. Uh, and at the same time too, like it's, I still feel like this, this particular story is very isolated when it could have been a bit bigger in terms of the scale of it. Like the scope was very fine and very finite and very specific. And there wasn't a lot of payoffs and, 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 and some of the story arcs they were building. So yeah, there's, yeah, I just, 
it doesn't answer any of those questions strongly enough. And, and it just kind of leaves me like, it kind of leaves me, it just kind of leaves me, you know, it just kind of yeah. leaves me in this, in this world. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know where to go or like what to, what to feed off of really. I, I don't know what to feed off of is a good, is a good statement. I don't know what to feed off of this. And like, let's break it down. Let's, let's break it down into like, why let's, let's break right. down why I couldn't like feed off of this. One, we talked about the big payoff of like, you know, um, Daya's character and like, she could have been Abigail Brand and there's a, there could have been a character payoff origin story there. And to be fair, she, she is a cool new character that they kind of built. If you, if you kind of think about it and it's kind of a good origin story for her, depending on how they use her in the later projects, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, again, it's just kind of, it kind of just like, set up all these really interesting stories and then the payoffs were all just like literally the like the most simple responses to them you know what i mean like we got to break out all these people that scrolls have you know captured all these key characters and then the ending is like well we did it and it's like <laughs> okay cool right um and it's like oh you know we got to tell the president and let him know the scrolls have invaded earth it's like, okay, President, scholars invaded Earth. They're the bad guys. Yeah. There, it's, like, there's, it's, it's not like truth. It's just facts. And there's nothing. It's like, it's like giving someone short-ended questions. And there's literally nothing to run with. It's like, hey, how was your day today? Good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly how it feels. And so, so really, I, I mean they this this episode even didn't waste any time at all like it kind of kicked off into the super scroll thing and even the super super scroll payoff we kind of got it already this whole climactic battle of two super scrolls and and to be fair at first i thought it was nick fury i, I had a moment where i'm like okay cool nick fury's there how's he gonna survive this one and then I'll, immediately i'm starting going and you should never feel this way but you know, it should, like I've said in past podcasts, it should feel like a wrestling match. You know what I mean? The two wrestlers are building up their match and you're getting all riled up like, you know, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Let's go. Let's get into this. They're finally in the ring. Anticipation's at its highest and they start fighting and it's like epic. It's like, how is he going to do it? How is he going to do it? And then the big epic body slam that Hulk Hogan does, like that's what we live for. And with the Marvel shows, you know, the stories can be what they are, but in the inevitably it comes down to the wrestling match between two great wrestlers that have been hyping up this match for God knows how long. And the payoff here is not that strong because Gravik is like the super scroll and we kind of get to see him be the super scroll. But in the end we have Gaia who is literally the copy version of the super scroll. And when we're trying to see like, if she's something more than that, and really just becomes a fight where the stakes are like, and, and, and here's the other thing is like the stakes, the, her stakes for coming into the match is, is like graphics wrong, but Talos isn't right about how to go about solving these problems. So she's going in it with an indifference here. That's like, okay, let's just, let's just go in and defeat graphic then. And that's not, that's not how a fight works. Like fight <laughs> works when there's a cause to be like defending. 
Like, literally, like, you believe that this is wrong because you know what is right. And you need to stand that ground and you need to prove this person wrong. And that could mean defeating them literally or it could mean defeating them mentally. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, like, I will, I will literally not give up and prove to you why this needs to happen. And that fight, this this on Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant fight was pretty anticlimactic. It was just like, okay, she's gonna defeat him. That's it. <laughs> As a guy who's only ever watched one wrestle, I can only agree with you in spirit. I'm sure <laughs> wrestling fans out there are right now. They're like, yes, exactly, Ryan, exactly. Um, I, but I, I see what you. Well, mean. I don't even. I, you don't even need to know wrestling to get my reference because, like, it's David versus Goliath. Like that's essentially what every fight should feel like, right? Right. Um, and the uh, the idea of the villain being the Goliath, right, and the the villain having all the advantage, and then seeing how our hero is going to overcome them—that's always beautiful. Uh, I think you said the magic word here, my friend. You said the magic word, uh, which is payoff. Uh, and I didn't even think of that until you said it like like five minutes ago. And I'm like, oh, that that's it. That's the key. That's what's missing here. And payoff seems to be a thing that this show is lacking, at least for me. And I'm not talking about payoff down the line because we're, we're five phases in. We should all understand how that works by now. Things get paid off down the line. Like I'm, the thing in the ocean from Eternals is going to be paid off. Like, don't worry. We we can rest easy. Payoff happens down the line if we're patient. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about payoff in the show itself. And I don't think I could find any there. Granted, it's been a long six weeks for me. So maybe there are details that I'm forgetting. But off the top of my head, I feel like Nick Fury didn't walk out of episode six really any different than he walked into episode one. Uh, it's not like, like you, you said about Talos and, and Talos's ideals and how there was this naivete to him. It's not like Nick had a moment where posthumously Talos's words affected him and he realized, you know what? Things would be better if I did look at things from Talos's point of view. It's too bad it's too late now to tell my friend this face-to-face, -face, but I'm going to try to make this right. We never had that kind of moment. Um, we never had any moment of, wow, this guy, uh, Rhodes, who is like a friend of mine, who is also an Avenger, who I've known for many years, is now a Skrull. Wow, that's a bummer. One of my only <laughs> close friends in the world is a Skrull. I want to deal with that that was never really a thing for Fury to deal with. My other closest friend in the world, Maria, is dead. Uh, that was never like a thing that at the end of episode six, he's not like, okay, I'm, I'm, I finally, you know, made peace with the fact that my friend is dead. But it's, it's not a show that challenged anything except Gravik is bad and we should stop him from doing the bad stuff. Because mm. um, he was a good villain too. Like he was a good villain. He was, yeah. He was he scary. all the right things going for him. Great motivation for the villain. Great actor playing him too. Uh, Gaia, payoff for Gaia. I mean, it's 
not really quite there either. Because like you said, she's not going to fight Gravik with this Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die kind of thing. She's just there. I don't even think she says, does she say anything to him? He's just like, blah, 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 blah. You're, you're weak. Okay. No, right? She like, does, he does do the Montoya thing. She's like, you killed my mother. You killed my father. And now I'm like, essentially now I'm going to kill you. I can't remember the, la- the rest of the thing. But again, it, it, it wasn't like a hoorah moment. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you got him back. It was just like uh, eye for an eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a weird thing to kind of pin onto your superhero story here, an eye for an eye. So uh, besides her and Fury, like there's really nobody else to have to attach payoff to, right? Um, the scrolls are still not getting what they were promised. So it's not like in a cool, twisted, dark way, Gravix actions benefited his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, they have now possibly made things worse because the president seems like a real asshole. Uh, so maybe it's setting up cool stuff down the line, and that's great. We love that. We're Marvel heads. We love seeing that. But why does why does this story exist? Why do I care that Fury and his wife had a moment where they're like, yeah, we're, we're cool. We forgive each other when we didn't even know he had a wife for all this time. And I'm not even sure what they were forgiving each other for other than the fact that they were just suspicious of one another for a little bit. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't see where the payoff is in the context of these six episodes. Absolutely. And I, yeah, so it's a great, it's a great highlight here. And it's, it's honestly, I, it's, I, I don't want to say it's a bad show because it's not, mm-hmm. but I think what makes, when we compare it to moments like, you know, something like an Iron Man movie or like the Disney plus is even, it's kind of tricky. It's kind of tricky to say which Disney plus series stands out actually a good example is um oh wow i can't even remember her name right now WandaVision? Uh, the snow in in moon Knight when they Knight. they brought back the scarlet uh the scarlet beetle i think or whatever her name is the scarlet scarab that's the one thank you scarlet scarab when they brought that when they brought her back like that's a payoff yeah like that that like she's she's an important character because she has ties to characters in comic history, but she also has ties to Moon Knight, and it's kind of like Moon Knight's world, and they introduce a new hero that way. But Gaia, I wouldn't say is a new hero yet. Like, we don't, I don't even know where she's going to go from here. Like, like, I don't even know, like, I just don't even know what she just agreed to. Like, I, I have nothing to work off of. It's so, like... Like Moon Knight and and uh, the Scarlet Scarab, like they're gonna go, you know, deal with this whole God thing that's been going on. I get that. I, right. They're gonna go crusade off into the desert. Like that's what they're gonna do. But Gaia, I don't, I don't even, I'm not even convinced. Like what she's going to do. Like I just not convinced. Like I, I don't even know if she is a hero character because she, her motivations are not even as like you know. Her, like they're not heroic. <laughs> they're just, they're not. I don't know how else to phrase it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, but it's like I don't know. It's just like it's the payoff of like, man, 
this, you know, the guy in Moon Knight, he is bad. He worships a terrible God who believes that, um, who believes that, you know, that they have the power to determine someone is bad before they do bad things. And that's, that is very wrong. That having that level of power is horrible because you could be wrong. That person could some, and what I agree with Conchu is like that person could be good in the long run. They could never, they may not do that bad act because of right. the circumstances. Um, but Conchu is also wrong because you don't want something to happen after the fact. But in this humble middle ground is these two heroes who are going to determine how to move forward and how to manage this God. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. I get it. New hero introduced. Let's do this. Moon Knight, let's live in the desert. But guy, <laughs> I, she just literally, if Talos is not right and Gravik is wrong, what are you going to do? <laughs> but all right, we digress. I think we've exercised enough about Gaia and this, this the problem with the show. I think the show just, yeah, it's just like, it just doesn't, it doesn't offer something to the table that at least the others strive to do. It may not have been what we wanted overall, but at least there's something we could take from it, right? But this show literally presents nothing, like nothing on the table. It's almost, it almost feels like the Indiana Jones theory where like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones really had nothing to do with anything because in the end, they would have figured it out. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, all the events would have still played out the same way had had you know Indiana Jones not existed because the the Nazis would have grabbed the covenant, they would have opened it, they all would have been wiped out, and then Indiana Jones it would have mattered, right? But um, but yeah, it's it kind of feels like that. It just feels like like Nick Fury's doing all these things, but in the end, like it's so tightly packed in a neat little package. It's like is there any real consequences here? Like all, all the only consequence I gather from this and kind of brings me to the next section, which is like the president seems very like, yo, aliens are super bad. Let's just, just kill them all. And, and there is a nice kind of a nice set. There is some nice setup moments I will say, but it's not enough to make me go, wow, this show was amazing. It just, it just feels like, the stepping stone and not in a good way, but a stepping stone to the next thing where it's just like, I just, I literally stepped over this tiny little stone in all this pond and just moved on to the next thing without appreciating where I just was. Um, and I, that like, yeah, the setup is interesting. Cause like, yeah, the president uh, kind of leads us to like a thunderbolts kind of thing. Cause he's going to be like a one term cause a lot of damage kind of president. Um, mm -hmm utilizing like these thunderbolts potentially but yeah I, i've just now i'm just like kind of like okay cool you know what i mean yeah that was a cool setup and i hope you're right i hope that does have ripples and thunderbolts because if this guy is still president he could be the one that says i want you guys to go to that giant alien in the water and figure out what it is because I don't trust aliens no more, whatever, right? It, it's going to be the consequences of what we saw take place here. Like, like I said, their, their long game is great. I've total faith in that. I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting here as patiently as ever looking forward to it. It's all fun stuff. 
Um, it's it's just there. This chapter of the Marvel story is one of those chapters that I I don't know if I can look back on fondly. Uh, I can look back on moments of it fondly, but I don't know if I can look back on it and say, man, what a great ride Secret Invasion was. And, and even show Disney Plus shows that were like, you know, when we did our ranking, like Disney Plus shows that ranked pretty low for me. Like I, I think Miss Marvel was pretty low for me. And that show was still a ride, man. Miss Marvel was a ride. Uh, it's a great introduction to a character. Um, and Secret Invasion really was not designed to be an introduction to a character the way Miss Marvel was, the way Moon Knight was, unless you count Gaia. But the problem with that is, and I, what I'm about to say, I mean that. I mean this with all due respect to Amelia Clark because I love her and I, I know, I'm, I'm telling I'm waiting for her to call me, and I I mean this with all due respect to Olivia Coleman because she is like a fantastic actor and like every time I watch her I'm just like why can't I be this good this it's not fair you're you're so good at acting uh, so all due respect to these two women because they are magnificent but I can't think of a single Marvel fan. I'm not talking just like casual fan. I can't even think of a single person in the front of the theater, Ryan, who is who finishes watching episode six of Secret Invasion and says, oh, hell yeah, more of the spy lady and the scroll, right? <laughs> <laughs> like there, there's you and Nick seeing one down, five to go. I can't. I want to. I like. How many people on planet Earth have that reaction to? Hey, do you want to work together, random scroll? I sure do, random <laughs> British spy. Right? How many Marvel fans? hundred percent. I mean, you definitely captured exactly my feeling. Right there. I there's. I can't think of a single human being who is like. I have been waiting since my childhood in the '90s to see. Random British spy and random scroll finally together on the big screen, right? So that whole setup scene is <laughs> it's sort it's trying to get us excited for something when literally there are I mean you and I right now could probably name 50 characters that people are way more interested in seeing being set up. Uh so I don't know what they think they're doing with those two. And again, I will gladly watch those two in anything. So I'm not going to complain if they announce tomorrow, you know, uh, Gaia and uh, Sonia Fallsworth, the movie. But why? <laughs> who wants, who's, who's like, this is the, the story that's got to be told next. That's what people are hungry for. I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by that. Uh, and I mean, obviously you want to keep those two actors in your universe because use them. They are great. But what a strange way to utilize those tools. Strange, strange way. I couldn't agree more. And I, I mean, exactly. It's such a weird cliffhanger to be like, woo, yeah. <laughs> Like, oh my God, one down, five to go. Uh, like, yeah, that that moment was just like, literally, think of any head explosion, and that's exactly what happened. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, that's perfectly said. And I know we talked about in the last one that like, you can't just throw things in. It has to serve the story, but we came up with like at least a dozen ways to have characters be introduced and serve the story. There were ways to do it. And, and it just feels like, I don't even know why, like they didn't even spend an episode just going like, um, just in some way going like, Fury at the table being like, okay, well, if Rhodey's a scroll, let me go through the Avengers here. And you could have done like a recap episode or even, or even that's your, you could have been like, well, this person could be a scroll and change the narrative of setting up previous stories to make you rethink everything. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a great episode. I would have been all over it. You could have thrown in all sorts of tags and Easter eggs and all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're just, you know, it's, they just like, it, it literally, the sort of, the story was like, hey, we had Skrulls trying to get Russia and US to fight, but it didn't happen. <laughs> and like, yeah, like there's like, oh my God. Uh, but like, and then like, in the end, they're like, well, we're, we, oh, well, I'm going back to space now because we, we're starting peace talks with the Kree. Where was that part of the story? That would have been great to know that they were working with the Kree. That feels like a trailer for the Marvels more than anything else. That's what that felt like to me. Yeah, but like, but again, why wasn't that in there? If you're going <laughs> to set up, if you're going to set up the Marvels and you wanted like, and Secret Invasion is supposed to be a building block towards it then where were the Kree in the story? Where? Can you show it to me? Are you, are, am I somehow assuming that the president may be a Kree because he hates the scrolls so much and he hates anyone off world? Like, okay. Like that's something to work with. Like is captain, is captain Marvel like on the planet? I don't know, but like, where were the Kree in the story? And, and and that's the problem. Nick Fury, I get that he's all cloak and dagger and he's all stealth and guile and he's not supposed to be in the front scenes. But that doesn't mean we as viewers can't really know what he's up to. We need to know so we so we can go, you know, we can have those moments like that people in the back of the theater do being like, oh, they're going to do something. And it's clearly foreshadowed. But now I get it. And that's that's the moment we want to have. We want to have that thing where it's like, we know something, but the characters on the screen don't know it yet. And we want everyone to meet in the middle. And this show is keeping the viewers out of that picture. And only Nick Fury is the one person that knows everything. And it's just like, okay. So, and and he wraps everything up in a neat little package and literally just like, okay, guys, well, guess we're going on to Marvel's now. And it's like, grab peace talks to the creep. Which is like the last time, the last, literally, the last time we heard about the Kree and having like, you know, the whole scroll thing was Captain Marvel. The time before that was Guardians of the Galaxy number one. So clearly there's a huge jump in stories of the Kree relationship and the scrolls. And it's like, Nick, you're, you, you're telling me Disney, I, you're telling me and selling me on the idea that if I watch Disney Plus series, I get I get like backstage pass information that I can go to the movies and have that little extra knowledge. And now I'm kind of going, I'm literally going into the Marvels now with the same information 
that everyone else's has if they watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Don't even tell me, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. I can't. I cannot do that, sir. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying Jonathan. I know I think you agree with me. So I'm like, Jonathan, yo, just like let me know, man. Dude, anyone, anyone watching this video, let me know. What are we missing? What are we missing here to make this like a good or great show? Or sorry, a great show. I, I do think it's good. It is there a good show. The best moments in this show for me was the 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 dialogue between Talos and Nick Fury. Some of the best moments in the show were the some of the biggest conversations they had. The beginning, the first episode, uh, Sonya Fallsworth scenes, all fun. I love how she kind of always had a one-up on the scrolls, which was really cool. Um, you know, chance to throw in uh, what's oh man, what's her name? Uh, anyways, uh, Doctor Doom's assistant. You could have used her and kind of hype up Doctor Doom a little bit. But why are you like Disney Plus? Why are you afraid of hyping up characters we want to see? We want to see them, and they could have done. They could have served a really cool part of the story. You know, you could have had. You could have had. You know that scene where the president's like, "Yeah, we need to kill all these aliens now," and then, uh-huh. and then, you know, and Dick Fury's like, "That's bad because now you have people going to be killing people, thinking they're scrolls, but they're not." Why could we show the Punisher doing that stuff? Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. That was a great little montage. I did like that montage of just like, wow, this, and it's an example of what works on this show because what works is the really powerful stuff, the parallels that they draw between how the humans treat the aliens on the show versus how group A of humans tends to treat group B of humans in the real world and how they got some really profound points across on that topic on this show. Uh, and I, that's what I love the most about this show. And that montage at the end really sold a good story of just how dangerous it is when one blowhard with power, with too much power, goes up and says inflammatory things and idiots interpret it one way and decide to go and do something stupid about it. Uh, I mean, we we lived through four years of Trump, right? So we know what that's like. Um, so that's a great parallel to draw and integrate into the Marvel world. However, you put a great idea into a pot of boiling water, it doesn't necessarily make it a delicious stew. It's just, it's still a pot of flavorless water that just has like a really good ingredient that you dumped in there, but you don't want to just eat that. (laughs) You need some meat and potatoes in this stew. And it it feels like that's what's going on here. It feels like they had a lot of cool ideas about this topic, about like, you know, how people treat one another and Talos views it one way and Nick Fury views it another way and how uh, the the idea of, um, you know, giving promising hope to people who are immigrating and, you know, denying them that and all. There's so much beautiful stuff to get in there and chew on and talk about. And those are all stupendous ingredients, but it felt like they had the ingredients and they're like, we have to use Marvel as a platform for this. And they didn't quite know how to do that. Uh, And I think they did the best they could with the given circumstances, but you get this show at the end of the day that 
tackles those things and tackles them decently enough. But once it jumps back to the marvel of it all where, hey, there's aliens, let's go fight them. Everybody's like, who cares? Um, and even to the point where it felt sometimes like Nick Fury was feeling that way. When Nick Fury is talking to his wife, that's the most alive we see Nick Fury on this show. And then, like I said, on the flip side of that, when he's talking to uh, who's supposed to be a friend of his, an Avenger, and it turns out he's a Skrull, and they have this back and forth now where he's like, I know you're a Skrull. Nick Fury seems so detached. He's like, oh, I'm going to get you. Right? There's, There's no substance to that story. And I know it it probably sounds like bias because I came into this with that in mind where I'm like, I don't care about scrolls. I never liked the idea of the secret invasion comic, but the the show did not really do the trick for me of taking that idea and giving it enough substance to make me say, Hey, secret invasion can work if it's done like this. It's still just good ideas tossed into plain water. Uh, yeah. Well, you talk about good ideas. Okay, so hold on. Let's quickly dive into good ideas. Okay. <laughs> good ideas in the show could have been one, Talos talking about, uh, you know, humanity pushing back. You could have done a montage there. You could have explored that further and showed not only like Talos talking about him working with Spider Man, because that happened. And he got to see firsthand of someone who overcame adversity essentially mm-hmm. and and you know like become better than he was and talos didn't even didn't even spend any time on that subject you and i agree with you uh you know you talk about these super scrolls you know and then we talk about the harvest the harvest was one episode of them talking about how they picked up DNA from all these superheroes. Why didn't you spend more time connecting the dots in terms of like going back to Nick Fury's concerns of where threats were coming from, you know, how they were hilariously unprepared when, you know, the superheroes, you know, were popping up everywhere. Right. And like that they built this harvest formula, like, there's kind of there's kind of a, a well healthy balance of like yes we the audience know this stuff but we need to be reminded of why and what what it means for the future right we have a character we have Fury's wife who has a book on like superhumans and and mutants essentially and you barely ex- you barely explore her story on it like why is she studying that like 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 there's superhumans out there you know uh maybe she knows like what's coming next like that kind of thing there's so many good ideas perfect another perfect example we get Rhodes revived from that room or whatever and he's still in a gown which tells me that he's from the he's probably like their skull replaced him just after the events of civil war by the looks of things. Uh, but you just, you make the audience assume that that's what we're being told. And then even, uh, even uh, what's his name? Ross, he's in there and he's like, uh, Hey, how long have you been in there? How long has he been in there? We don't <laughs> even know that 
So there's like the key story elements that could have really been cool episodes with these characters in Nick Fury's story to really do some cool stuff. And, and in the end, we're contained to this particular part. And then even with Maria Hill, well, too bad she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like it's exact. It's, it, it's, um, I don't know if on like the business side of Marvel, they like, like, for example, like on the business side of Marvel, maybe Amelia Clark, they're like, they're like her agents like, Oh, you could be this character. So we should ask for this ton of money. And then Marvel's like, well, we're actually thinking of this, so we cannot spend that kind of money. And then, you know, you just play some random character that, oh. that's a really good actor. And it's like, come on, like what's going, what's really going on here? Just, just be honest with us here. And, uh, and yeah, so like, there's a lot of good ideas, but you're right. I don't know why you keep using cooking metaphors, but like if you're planting the seed of a good idea, you know, letting a seed grow, there takes a lot of things. Got to fill it with water, make sure it gets enough sunlight, has the right good soil. You know, it's, that's the kind of metaphor I was thinking of. But you know, the stew is a good one. Having good meat, and potatoes to go with it. Um, but yeah, and like this, yeah, I just feel like you know throw in some heroes that could have been other scrolls as well. Like Rhodey was a cool option, but there's other options you could have had too to really spice things up. Why didn't they even introduce Quake? They could have introduced uh, the girl from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and like had her in the fold. And like, you know, she was Fury's like trump card to like turn the tide or something. Like you always like <sighs> so many ideas, so many ideas. And I just feel like I, you know, it's always, it's like, it's like an acting class, you know, when we used to do our scenes and they're like, you could have taken it so much further. I, it's the same with the show. You could have taken it so much further and you just played it so safe. And that's a big problem. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind this could have been completely free of cameos. And it was, to be honest, it could have, like, it, I don't mind that it's free of cameos. I don't care that we didn't see Quake or whatever, because at the end of the day, I just wanted it to have a point. And either I'm just a dum-dum and the point was lost on me, because uh, that happens every now and then. But I don't know. I feel like a lot of folks are feeling the same temperature on this that we are, that it's just like, why? Why, is, why was this made? Right? Uh, you... Honestly, the only point I can draw from this is like you can't trust anyone, so you now now the president's just gonna wipe them all out. And but but Fury's heartwarming story of you know I just accept you for who you are, and even though you're a shapeshifter, that's the point I got from this story. That's it. Mm. Yeah, you can't trust anyone, but love will prevail. <laughs> and somehow we needed six episodes and. $200 million to make that point. I don't know how accurate that budgetary report was, Ryan. Um, but when I heard that this show cost north of $200 million, it cost more money than Oppenheimer to make Secret Invasion. I am, Now, I, I consider myself... A fairly, you know, I'm fairly confident to say I'm an expert when it comes to things like art and writing and whatever. I am not an expert on money. So I have no idea what I'm talking about when I say what I'm about to say. But 
where the F did that money go? Because I didn't see any of it on screen. Where did that money go, Ryan? I mean, I know, you know, you got top shelf actors like Don Cheadle and Sam Jackson. They don't come cheap, but. But $200 million. <laughs> where did that money go? Yeah. <laughs> Every scene is in like a gray room full of cracked walls with nothing in it. Where did that money go? And you can't you can't tell me that it all went to CG because like there's only one episode or two episodes tops that used that much CG. <laughs> um, honestly, you bring up a good point. It was you know it's very similar to Avatar uh, when I finally watched the sequel, Way of Water. It's a one billion dollar movie, and it's like and it's essentially like. Free Willy, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. You spent one billion dollars for me to watch how someone establishes communication with a whale. <laughs> but he's a big whale, Ryan. He's, he's even big, bigger than Willy. He's a big whale with a big old heart, and you know, you know, we got to treat our. <laughs> I can't remember how Isabella said it, but it was so good. It was such uh, a good like. It's when she good, roasts something, it's like, so funny. It's priceless, honestly. It's it's, it's such a gem. <laughs> <laughs> um it's she said something along the lines of like uh a, oh man it's not like <laughs> it's something like they went for oh i can't even do it justice but it's something along the lines of like they spent a billion dollars to to essentially show us how uh show us some oh man some light-hearted way to be be kinder to the environment but it doesn't actually show us how to like you know, help the environment just shows us that we should be nice to animals. Like, but she said it with way more gusto and way more up behind it. And it was, yeah, I, I was in tears laughing. Like it was so, and like, here we are watching this kid, like I see you well. And like all this stuff, it was, oh man. But my point is, is like, did we really need it? And I agree with Isabella. Did we really need a billion dollars to tell that story? You know what I mean? Like, did we really need to spend a, like, could that money not have gone to many other things to help the world? But no, we told a billion dollar story about CG aliens who are trying free Willy. Like, that's essentially, and the first one was, was and after Isabella said this, I can't look at the first one any other way now. She's like, and, uh, and the first one is like a reenactment of Pocahontas in space. But, but that's my, you bring up a good point. And it's just like, I, I actually am curious what the planning was for the story. And like, I just, you know, they, they convinced, like Marvel spent time convincing me that, you know, the people that create these shows are these big comic book fans. Like the producers, all the producers are big comic book nerds. Huge. Nate Moore is like a huge comic book nerd. And in the end, I get a product that tells a good spy movie story with alien shapeshifting aliens which is i mean you know you could tell a pretty cool story that way we've seen in various forms but in the end it, it wasn't it didn't have that marvel gusto of like i don't know introducing i don't know introducing something you know like you said like it didn't like marvel is always building blocks to this amazing thing and like maybe in the marvels we'll see it but was this a $200 million thing to just add a little more trailer footage to the Marvels? Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm so curious what they spent it on. I mean, I'm sure that makeup, the scroll makeup isn't cheap. I'm sure CGI isn't cheap, but 
for it to cost that much, I I just I can't my non-mathy brain cannot fathom what it went towards. Um, the only thing I can think of is they spent it on everything but sets. And when it came time to budget their sets, they were like, oh, crap, we are out of money. Empty restaurants, everybody. Empty restaurants in Chernobyl all over. <laughs> um, yeah, no, honestly. And I, again, I don't, wanna, I don't want this episode to feel like we're saying it's a terrible series. It's not. It's no, good. it's not. It has some really good storytelling. It really does. But... To say it's a Marvel show, it's missing something to be a Marvel show, aside from being like Nick Fury's show. Yeah. Like there's just something like, like there's just something not there, right? Like, you know, and like you talk like a lot of people I've been talking to lately have been talking about the DC universe or the DC extended universe, as they say. Um, And they're like, these last few movies are doing terrible because James Gunn came out and said, uh, you know, I have a plan and these movies coming out have nothing to do with my movies. But when I get started, I'm going to tell this like integral DC universe story. And it just made me realize like that, like the Marvel formula is, is like everything's a building block, but this one is supposed to be a building block, but I don't, I don't even, I, aside from it being obviously about the Marvels, I literally, I have no idea where this, this phase is going aside from like Kang like you know what I mean like it's just like the first one was cool it had was building the Thanos and it just had this like how Thanos is influencing the world like the the MCU at that time and all that stuff like there were so many elements that were serving towards a greater story I really don't feel this served me to a great story this this didn't serve me anything I just like I'm I'm just literally assuming it is you know what I mean right and it is going to set the stage it is a building block and we can look forward to it having effects down the line but it's just if all these blocks have that we've had before have been these like beautiful multicolored plastic play school blocks that just look magnificent this has just been like a wooden cube that's just been grayed by time and there's just no there's nothing aesthetically or intrinsically pleasing about this cube. Yeah. It, it doesn't, you know, I don't hold it and be like, wow, I'm, I'm glad I got this cube. It's just like, okay, I got to add something else to this tower. So I guess this is going here. It, it just goes back to payoff, right? It, mm-hmm. There was no payoff with this one. There was, there was, and, and with Marvel movies, you get the end credit sequences, you get the, you get the, the big plot twists that could affect the, the big consequences that affect, you know, the, the universe in some way. But overall, the only, the only moments like that I got was like a two-minute, two-second president scene. The president being like, aliens are bad, we're going to wipe them out. And, uh, and yeah, we're in peace talks with the Creed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll guess I'll just run with that. Uh, but like again, like they didn't spend time with it. It's just like a fact. Like, mm-hmm. man, like, like I here's a good example. Uh, you know, because I, I I know we're kind of circling around it. Um, but like we're we got a very superficial payoff. And the difference is is that this, like, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy is a perfect example. 
we get new characters who are like, you know, uh, working together and Star-Lord stumbles upon a power stone. We know the power stone at this point is serving Thanos who wants them, but no, uh, but in the end, the person he sent to get them decides, Hey, I don't have to take orders from you. I'm going to use this power stone and start wiping out the world. There are so many connected elements that are telling one big story, which is like, Hey, we now have the guardians to respond to threats like this in space. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's kind of all these moving gears with secret invasion. Scrolls are part of that story. We know they're in, in the war with the Kree, but um, the next stage is like, okay, but the scrolls have been on earth for a while and there's a lot of them. Uh, and now the president learns that they're bad and they need to be wiped out. And, and Nick Fury, somehow a character who has been in space and has, has uh, Carol Danvers of the Cree, but we haven't seen him talk to her in, in some long period of time. Uh, and the last time we saw Carol Danvers is she's too busy to tell us what she's doing. And all of a sudden I'm expecting to believe that Nick Fury's leading peace talks with the Cree when he could barely keep things together on earth. <laughs> That's a good point. He's like, well, I guess I'll go uh, deal with peace talks of some other species. Yeah. Like he's like, literally I'm tired of, you know, dealing with humans. So I'm going to try peace talks with an entire race. That's literally built to be a military superpower. And I'm going to go just be like, Hey guys, let me talk to you. Let me help create peace talks between you and you and the scrolls, even though you guys have been at war for centuries. And I'm gonna gonna be like, problems. Uh, a, who are you? <laughs> he, like, yeah, if I were like the Cree, if I were the Cree at that negotiation table, would be like, how, like, why? How, <laughs> at what point do you think that you're going to be able to convince me anything? If Carol is not there at that table, Nick is in trouble. But here, uh, okay, here's the other thing, too. Okay, I've talked about this before, and I'll say it again. Captain Marvel, I really think it was on, like, the, the tipping point of being a good, like, having all the right elements to make a, the next great Marvel movie. Like, we're talking another great character introduced that can have the same influential impact as, like, your Captain America's, your Iron Man's, your Spider-Man's, like, just really top-tier characters, right? And they told their story, but because they didn't use Captain Marvel, like Captain Marvel, you know, like the Cree guy who could have been on Earth this whole time and been been Coulson the whole time. Okay. <laughs> I I was all for it, fellow comic book fans. I was all for Coulson being Captain Marvel this whole time. And literally, literally in in that movie, when we saw the young Coulson. I would have loved seeing a quick scene of him being like, yo, Kree, just letting you know, Skrulls have invaded Earth. We need to do something about it. Okay? And then the Kree are like, cool. And they send the Sentry. And then, and then you know, then we have the Skrull thing going on. Well, the Sentry's coming. And, and the Sentry doesn't come right away in Captain Marvel movie, but it sets it up that the Kree are coming. And then, you know, Coulson's like oh but i've seen humans have this incredible potential because i've seen captain marvel okay like i've seen what she can do 
and have and then now you come to secret invasion only to find out that colson was a Cree the whole time and now you have scrolls who have already invaded and now what is fury going to do <sighs> like i just would have loved that so much but now you have and then that would have explained with colson being a Cree this whole time and having that trust with nick fury and understanding that why nick fury needs to start building up a response team or a superhero team um, and because he was inspired by Captain Marvel, who also in turn inspires, you know, Coulson to be like, hey, we the Kree need to leave this planet alone. The like, human race has got so much potential. We need to work with them, blah, 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 blah. And literally Coulson goes, well, now tell me about the Kree. And then now he has Talos. Tell me about the Skrulls. Now I can sit at the table and be like, hey, guys, we can work this out. Well, I'm sure Carol will do that. And I mean, Marvel probably didn't want to make Coulson Marvel because they were like, it's too similar to how we're making Christine Everhart a nihilist. So they just, they didn't want to repeat themselves, Ryan. You know, they, they got to be fresh, right? They got to keep coming at you with fresh stuff. Um, so as we wrap up here, let's let's do this. Let's play a little game here. Let's put the future of the whole MCU in our hands. Oh, boy. And uh, you can go first if you want, or you can tell me to go first, whatever you prefer. But let's each of us pick two things that this show did that can have cool consequences in the future. Okay. Okay. What do you think? You want to start us off or you want me to go? I think we should take turns on one each. (laughs) All right. All right. Do you want to go for? Do you want to rock paper scissors in or <laughs> rock paper scissors for those people listening? It's going to be a riveting match. Yeah. All right. Let's try it. Ready? All right. Ready. Rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors. Shoot. shoot. Hey, we both pick rock. You know what that means? We're both thinking Ben Grimm. The thing <laughs> is going to come out of this somehow. Uh, uh, okay. I'll go first. I'll go. First. All right. Um, so with the president being like off off world aliens are bad i mean yeah off world aliens from from outer space are bad mm-hmm. and like essentially killing all scrolls and we know how to find you um he's eventually going to turn and say you know anyone with powers is bad and us kicking off the whole hate to mutants yeah and uh yeah kind of setting up the mutant story and then he hires classic Mr. Henry Peter Gyrick to answer Gyrick. against the mutant problem. And, oh no, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. The president says scrolls are bad and we have a way to find you. And he introduces Sentinels. Ooh, I like that a lot. I like and that a Sentinels lot. Sentinels start, can't, can't, um, Sentinels can't, determine the difference between a scroll and a mutant. And then that's what kind of starts that whole thing off. And you know where a perfect place is to get those Sentinels rolling? Where? Armor Wars. Ooh, that was a good, that was a good, uh, you know, back and forth there. Uh-huh. I like it. I like it. That's a great place to introduce them. And Sentinels are awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, 
I had, for one of mine, I had a similar thing springboarding off the president where it's uh, because I was thinking, okay, he says off-worlders. That includes Asgardians. Um, so I feel like one of my things would be he would, that would reach into the Thor characters would be in danger. And I think he would also extend that hatred to Carol Danvers as well. Because she's pretty much not human at this point. Um, I feel like uh, that would be something where when she comes back to Earth in the Marvels for however long she's here, she's not going to be welcome. Uh, and that's something that she's going to have to deal with on top of all this craziness that's going on. So, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much mine but you took it to sentinels and i love that i love i loved your uh your complimenting of the armor wars in there that's a really good thank you really good step there um uh, all right your turn okay. or it, you just kind of talked about it right yeah that was that was my first one you have okay. a second one or no i i do have a second one. all right let's hear it okay my second one is playing off of uh is playing off of the the Cree peace talks and um i what i'd love to see is uh the crees create the crees start experimenting on the planet earth and seeing what how the scrolls were experimenting with superhuman genes and creating super scrolls the Cree looked at creating um kind of superhuman weapons themselves and they create the the inhumans. Ooh, that's wicked. We need some more inhumans in our life. Because because like again, Kree are strong, yes, but they can't compete with super scrolls. So how are they going to compete with it? And they're not gonna, as a military race, they're not going to experiment with themselves unless they have guinea pigs to experiment first. So why not because of the peace talks? start being like hey yeah no we're being peaceful here we're just coming to do this negotiation meanwhile abducting humans uh, uh from uh from the planet and then experimenting on them beautiful i like it and i want some inhumans given i want to see medusa on the big screen yeah so let's make it happen um and for my second one i'm going to go with um sonia fallsworth She's an ally of Fury, but I don't think she's necessarily always going to be an ally of America. So I'm going to go with Sonya uh, uses Gaia as her weapon, right? Sends her out to do stuff. And she's going to get wise and realize that the U.S. government has the Thunderbolts doing whatever the Thunderbolts are doing. And Sonya doesn't like it. So she's going to send Gaia to go kick the Thunderbolts ass. Just Gaia by herself, a one-woman army, eh? Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of DNA. She's got some Thor semen in there, right? Whatever. <laughs> so she's there, there's she can do whatever. She can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I like it. I, there is some really cool thing, but you're right. And I think this exercise definitely shows a lot of promise in terms of where it could go. There's a lot I'd look forward to. Um, but yeah, like up the stakes introduce characters uh, continue to make the world bigger but at the same time make it feel smaller and and cross paths more like 
Why hasn't She-Hulk ran into Song-Chi yet? Why hasn't, you know, why hasn't Captain Marvel hung out with Song-Chi? Uh, you know, like just mixing and matching characters. Daredevil, why hasn't Daredevil mixed yeah. with other characters yet? I mean, I'm looking forward to that show. That I want to see some more of that stuff going on. Um, why hasn't Daredevil hung out with Moon Knight? Why hasn't Blade found Moon Knight? You know, why hasn't... Well, Blade, uh, is, uh, Blade is a whole other story now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> uh, but why is it? Why isn't the Black Knight come hang out with Moon Knight? I don't know. All right. We have all these characters. They literally put Moon Knight in freaking Britain, and he doesn't even run into anybody. And for a character who starts off in New York, who is a Marine, and they put him in Britain. And they don't even feature any other characters. But just because he needs to be in Britain. And didn't, like, uh, Oscar Isaac do, like, some kind of Instagram post, like, over a year ago, where he pretty much all but confirmed they were filming a second season of Moon Knight, but they just, that was the last I heard of it? Uh, yeah, there was there was something like that. I, yeah. I remember... He's yeah, I remember them saying there's a lot of filming he's doing there. Excuse me. <sighs> yeah, I remember them saying there was a lot of filming they were doing for Moon Knight, and it was there was rumors that it was the second season. But yeah, because he was going to Cairo and he's on a boat. I don't know. Uh, like, well, they'll come. They'll all come. Uh, first, the uh, the studios need to pay their writers and actors, so yes. so that we can get these amazing things. Um, pay them fair and equally. Pay them fair and equally. Make it all equitable, so everybody gets what they, uh, you know, they, they earn what they deserve. Um, and if any of our upcoming wonderful Marvel stuff is delayed, we know whose fault it is, Iger. Yeah, Iger. That's the real secret invasion. <laughs> we got to secretly invade Iger's bank accounts and give that money to people who actually deserve it. Um, so... That's the end of Secret Invasion. Ryan, do you have uh, an Infinity Stone rating for this show? Oh, man. I forgot we do that. Uh, <laughs> fudge. Um, I'm going to say, oh, man, I feel like I want to go there, but I don't want to go there. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't want to sound harsh. Sound harsh. Sound harsh. I'm going to go with three stones. Three stones. Stan Lee is spinning in his grave right now. He's so upset it, at you. It's, I, it could have been. The problem I have with it is it could have been so much more. And it, it was really shallow. It was really shallow and superficial. Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you, buddy. I'm at 3.5 stones. Um, I don't know how you're doing these 0.5. You either just like, it could be just three or four. <laughs> I like to cut a stone in half. It gives me more malleability to work with here. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's there's stuff I loved in every episode. I mean, I will never uh, complain when I get to see Nick Fury and when I get to see Amelia Clark. You know, there's there's great stuff in there. All those wonderful, profound scenes between Nick and Priscilla or Nick and Talos, right? There's so much good stuff there. Um, but... It's just, it's not my favorite. It was not my favorite story when the comics did it. It's not my favorite story when the MCU does it. 
I just do not care for scrolls. I think they are boring, and this show has not proven me wrong after six weeks. That's a real shame, buddy. Mm, unfortunately. Ryan, where can people find you when you are no longer a scroll? <laughs> you can find me over on youtube.com forward slash expert zone. Uh, so yeah, with 12 O's. Expert zone. I have an expert zone, uh, and uh, we got new content coming out every week. Uh, you can find our content specifically coming out on Thursdays. Um, but uh, yeah, we stream on Fridays, so make sure you come check us out. Yay. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Fantasia. And also on YouTube here at Digital Charcuterie on Rebel Scum Podcast and on the Andrew Fantasia channel. And you can find my books on Amazon right now. We were wizards. They are fantasies. There are no scrolls in them. I apologize for that. Uh, there are no presidents that try to kill scrolls. There's no nothing that was in Secret Invasion is in this as far as I can think of. There are green people sometimes so maybe that counts but we were wizards check it out on amazon right now and uh yeah other than that you will see us shortly uh no you won't see us shortly we'll probably do a halloween special that's probably the next time you will see us and then uh, in a couple months we'll be back for the marvels i'm very excited for the marvels well, we, we were also workshopping some ideas as well right that's right yeah, yeah. so there are some other special stuff uh, coming down the pipeline. We'll probably need it because I, if that strike is any indication, we will not be getting new Marvel stuff after the Marvels until 2027. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, until then, everybody, especially you, Ryan, have a marvelous day. <laughs>